0: And now, tonight's presentation of radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. Tonight, the story of a pleasant young Englishman and his wife, who encounter a murderer and a parson. They can't tell which is which, not for the life of them. So now, with Lawrence Dobkin as Edward and Paula Winlow as Joan, here is tonight's suspense play, A Little Matter of Memory. observations on B. Hard
1: by Edward Mansell. I am recording the events of the past several hours in the hope that my observations may in some measure be of assistance to those who must treat that violent, that deranged, that homicidal psychotic which is Barrington Hard. My contact with the case began at five o'clock this afternoon. But first I feel I ought to explain the presence of my wife and self in this desolate and remote corner of the moors. On August 1st, I'd suffered a stroke which resulted in a partial paralysis of my left side. Before my convalescence, we came to this place, a tiny cottage high on the moors near Buckworth. These moors have been to me a revelation and a delight. Or rather, were so, until five o'clock of this afternoon. We've been off on a tramp and were just returning to the cottage.
2: Oh, but darling, whatever on earth will you do with all those flowers? Oh, I don't know.
1: Dry them or something, I suppose. There's a talk on the while or something about hanging them upside down oh, so they'll yes. keep forever that way. Oh, oh, here, hold them, will you? While I get the locks?
2: Yes, I've got them.
1: Although, well, just why anyone wants flowers hanging about upside down, deep knee, right <laughs> side up, so the way they were intended to. So, <laughs> this,
2: huh? Oh, someone's left us a note. Oh, uh,
1: two notes. But who's.
2: Well, what is it?
1: Close the door, Joan. Edward. Oh, wait. This other.
2: Well, what is it? What do they say? Well,
1: this first is a threat. Rather violent and obscenely worded.
2: Well, let me see. Uh, no,
1: I'd rather you didn't. Here. Here, this second tells the story.
2: Oh. My dear Mr. Mansell, in view of the news about the man Howard being at large somewhere in these parts, and your being so very isolated you might welcome a little reinforcement. The police at Buckworth are all busy with cordons and whatever. The man Howard... being... fairly an extremely dangerous maniac... and they haven't anybody to spare. I will look in on you this evening... and, if you think it's a good idea... help you do sentry go during the night. It will be a pleasure to make your acquaintance... and I hope you will not, under the circumstance... think me intrusive. It's signed, George Beale, of Buckworth. Edward, what is in that other note?
1: Well, it's from the... The signature is Barrington Howard.
2: The curate says he's a maniac? Yes. And he's threatening us?
1: says he's coming back tonight to kill us.
2: But... but why? Oh,
1: there are no whys with maniacs.
2: He's, he's out there somewhere. I, I'm frightened.
1: Well, there are the police cordons and this curate
2: chap. But we suppose they don't catch him or, or the
1: curate doesn't come. Now, John, look. Look, it's no use our standing here peering out that window. Let us look at this then sensibly. The best thing we can do is to clear out.
2: Out? Clear out where? Well, it's
1: only six miles in Buckworth. No reason we shouldn't make it by dark.
2: But six miles over the moor.
1: Chances are we'll run into the police on the way.
2: But, but your heart and your side—you're still limping badly, you know.
1: Nevertheless, we can make it.
2: If you say so, dear.
1: And first, I'll look round. Coast is clear. Let's go. A man in good health could walk it in an hour and a half. A man in good health, which I was not. And with each succeeding step, the dusky pale horizon, violet and smoky in the soft mist of the sinking sun, seemed ever more distant, more inaccessible. The heady musk of the moor grasses and the gorse, these we had delighted in until now, became choking. I could feel my eyes, tear, my throat, the heart in my chest. Thumped and shuddered with each painful limping step I took. And then we topped a to rise.
2: Edward! Uh, uh, oh, look down there. Uh, a constable. Uh,
1: uh, hello
2: there. Hello. Wait there. I'm coming up. Oh, what luck.
1: Yes, yes. You see, I told you.
2: Oh, well, I must say we're glad to see you. You
1: know... You people really haven't ought to be out here. Oh, you mean about the maniac? Yes, sir. You the folks renting Miss Block? That's right. But you see, we found a note from that. What's his name? A note? Yes. And so we thought the best thing would be to try walking it into the village. Don't think you ought to do that, sir. You'll excuse a suggestion. Why not? Well, between here and the town, there's any number of spots we haven't been able to check as yet. He might be hiding, you know. Oh.
2: Well then, what shall we do?
1: We'll go back to your house. It's a safe place. Well, no now look here. Why don't you walk to the village with us, hmm? It's only three miles. It shouldn't take long. Well, I would, sir, but I'm due to join the search party over at the dock at Woods. Those are my orders, sir. Orders? I'll tell you what I will do. I'll walk along with you folks back to your cottage. See you arrive there safe and sound. Back to the uh, Edward. Very well. <laughs> we told the constable about the letter from the curate and he gave us background on the man Barrington Howard. Seems that Howard had been a sort of small-time actor and ex-acrobat. Nothing worse in his police record than a couple of parking offenses. And then one night out of the blue he had murdered five people. Five in a single night. And each had received a notification in advance. A short, Seemly worded, threatening note. Just like yours.
2: But but didn't they take any precautions?
1: No, miss. Or at least, not enough. But you know better. And what with the curate coming to help? A good man, the curate. Used to be a commander. Oh, about this man, Howard. uh, How'd you catch him before? Oh, that was odd, that was. It was what you might call psychological. He was very clever at disguising himself as an actor. He might have got free away if it wasn't for this psychological thing. What psychological thing? Well, it was kind of a joke, sir. Some folks, you know, you bring up certain topics, they grab the conversation and away they go. You follow me? Oh,
2: yes, I know the type.
1: That's how Howard was. Ah, compulsive. Yes. And on this one topic, he had what they call total recall. Total recall. He could remember everything he'd ever heard or read. Facts and figures and dates. We used to get him on his topic down at the pub just to hear him go... It was sort of a joke, you see. And so after the crime, he was in disguise, but someone touched on his topic. Exactly. He oh, started okay. to talk, gave himself away, and snapped him.
2: Well, what was his topic?
1: Germany. Okay. Germany. Mm-hmm. Germany. He had a compulsive total recall about Germany.
2: All about Germany. Well,
1: here we are. Oh.
2: I wish we could persuade you to stay. Your orders, Mum.
1: Now, just you make sure your shutters are bolted on the inside. Yes. Put a bar across the door. Mm. You'll be snug and safe. Mind you keep that door tight till you know who it is that wants in. Oh, don't you worry, officer. We shall. Good Good night. Good night. With his departure... We barricaded ourselves. This cottage is very old and built in the days of highway robbers ideally suited to our situation. We lit the lamp and turned it very low so that no light would be seen from without. And then we waited.
2: And we waited. Edward. Yes? What's the time? Too slow.
0: A Little Matter of Memory. Tonight's presentation in radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. One of the most effective savings programs is Uncle Sam's own, United States Savings Bond. You will find few other financial investments like U.S. Savings Bonds for security. Invest regularly every week through payroll savings or bond-a-month plan, where you work or where you bank. Now we bring back to our Hollywood soundstage Lawrence Dobkin and Paula Winslow in tonight's production of A Little Matter of Memory, a tale well-calculated to keep you in suspense.
1: dim light of the lamp, we watched the heavy oak door. Hello in there. so? Who is it? George Beale, the curate. Ah. Uh, you, uh, you got my note, didn't you?
2: Oh, but how do we know it's not a trick?
1: Yes. Got a torch? Uh, yes. Stand back from the door and shine it on yourself. Excellent idea. It can't be too busy, you know. I'll just look out through the slit. Ah, yes. And she has got one of those collars on you. Her. Medical. Oh. Yeah. oh, come in, sir. Ah. sir. Uh, Mr.
2: Mansell? Yes,
1: yes. This is Miss Mansell.
2: Oh, I, I'm so glad to see you.
1: I'd have got here sooner, but you know, every last person I saw wanted to talk, 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 talk. <laughs> Well, we were a little worried, Dr. Beale. We thought you just might have met with some accident. Accident? Oh, let's not quibble. You mean you thought I might have run into uh, him, don't you? Yes, I suppose so. Oh, but you're here now. That's what matters. Yes. And now, let's see. Hmm. Excellent place you have here. Yes, they really built them in those days. Hmm.
2: Uh, would you like some tea, Doctor? Oh,
1: bother tea, John. I have a bottle of scotch in my bag. Edward. What, what, what's wrong?
2: Well. Uh, oh, um... you mean on my account? Oh, my dear lady. Oh,
1: my collar may be clerical, but my throat is British. That's a moment quite, quite dry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you see, John, I've had some glasses, huh? While well, I find these. Uh... Ah, right, here we are. Ah, yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> Ah, good whiskey, a warm room, pleasant companions. And uh, I'll turn up the lamp a bit if I may. Oh, yes, do. (laughs) Dispel the (laughs) gloom.
2: Well, here are the glasses.
1: Uh, uh, There's little to fear about making light now, you know. I've got a gun. I know the three of us should be a proper match for any man. Uh, Crazy or not, I should (laughs) say. (laughs) Well, then, a toast, eh? To, uh, to... (laughs) Safety in number. Uh,
2: <laughs> well, I. I really think we ought to keep clear heads tonight. Uh,
1: Jones, the careful one in our family. <laughs> uh, proper feminine trait. Uh, so, here we are.
2: And I can't tell you how much better I feel now that you're here. Yes. Oh,
1: dear. Constable told us that geez, you were in the commando during the war. Oh, yes. Hardly the sort of thing you'd expect from the village curate. Still, there was a job to be done, you <laughs> know.
2: Edward was in the Air Ministry. Oh,
1: John, John, uh, desk job, bad ticker. Never really got to see it like you chaps. The big doings. Mean. Oh, don't good. be sorry. There are a lot of things I I give my teeth not to have seen.
2: Like, like Dunkirk. Like
1: Dunkirk. Sticky <sighs> with Dunkirk. Mm. Seems so long ago now that. Uh, <clears throat> would you like to hear about it? Here, have another drop. Don't mind. Uh, rum go, what? It was 0445 hours that we rendezvoused with a main force off the beach. We sat there in the now snug little room and listened. He was a superb storyteller. And as he talked, the scenes of the war unrolled smoothly and excitingly and almost uh, hypnotically. Our way clear, And ahead of us at long last lay the Rhine. And after a while, what with the scotch in the warm room, I began to lose track of what he was saying. And then, startling clarity, I was wide awake. Enter Germany on the Cologne Autobahn. That's... 3.45 on the morning of May the 20th, 1945. I remember it as if it were yesterday. It made this first sight of Germany a quite unforgettable impression on me. Of course, when one comes to think of Germany and the fate of Germany, then naturally... I looked at him as he chattered along. His eyes were glazed. And he spoke with a curious intensity. And I knew. Joan sat petrified. I reached for the scotch bottle. It was still about half full. And as the man bent forward to pick up his glass, I
0: swung... Oh!
1: Ah! Oh! 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 I should have known. I should have seen through him.
2: Oh, it's... Is he dead?
1: No, 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 no. No, he's just out so quickly. Get some rope, belts, anything.
2: We must tie him
1: quickly, John, quickly. I've never tied a man before. And Joan's knowledge of knots is limited to Christmas wrappings. But we use what was at hand. And now, we wait. What has become of the real George Beale, curate at Buckworth, Heaven only knows. This thing at our feet, bound like some grotesque cocoon in myriad rags and strings, my best charvet ties about his wrists, Joan's mauvais nightgown gagging his mouth. What is to become of him is not our affair, but rather that of the physicians who must treat him, and it is to those men healers of the. Oh, uh, Beale? Uh, is that you, Beale? Edward, man. Oh, wait, wait, don't open the door. Beale? Yes, yes. but uh, hadn't you
2: better take a look at me first?
1: Oh, not now, man.
2: Oh, <laughs>
1: oh. Yeah.
2: oh, we thought you'd been killed or something. Yes,
1: come right in. No longer any need to fear. What do you
2: mean, there's Wait,
1: Great scars. Yes, meet Barrington Howard. It's amazing. How on earth did you do it? Man's a giant. Oh, matter of luck, I suppose. Really didn't see through the beggar for ever so long. Hey, look at the collar too. Yeah. Yeah. Quite an actor, what? Indeed, he was.
2: I knew he wasn't a curate when he kept reaching for that bottle. Mm.
1: Mm. There is a rather strong uh, <clears throat> air in here. I had to use the bottle to subdue the man. pity. Eh? Ah. Scotch whisky. Oh, dear me. Now then, let's take a look at these knots.
2: Well, we we did the best we could. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This one's not too good, but we'll
1: just redo it so it's really strong. And look uh, at his legs. Well, what's wrong? So you only really tied the ankles. Ought to be careful of the knees, you know. Oh. And I'll give you another tip. If you really want to tie a man so his helpless, fasten his ankles to his wrists from the uh, on the back, like
2: this. Ah, uh, Edward, isn't that clever? I must say.
1: so What's <sighs> the yes. armed? Huh? Good Lord.
2: He had a gun. And told us, and oh. we forgot. Look in his pocket.
1: Ah, uh, ah, uh, uh, here we are. Mm, nasty little weapon. The filth. Think what this might have done to your wife, Mantle. Would have blown her hole through her, you could stuff a grapefruit. Oh, oh. Please, old man. She's been through quite a lot, you know. sorry, Mantle, but I believe in being realistic. Oh, it, it, it's quite a gag you've made for him. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't think he'll do much talking until we're ready to take it out. Uh.
2: We, uh, we, used a silk nightgown of mine from Paris. it. I
1: just want to make sure this bar is in its place. Ah, oh, there we are. Nice What? Safe.
2: Safe? But there's no longer anything or, or anybody to be safe from. Oh, you never know. <laughs> now, uh, now, uh, what
1: uh, other weapons did you have? Oh, just the bottle. Oh, I dealt him a good one with. Bottle.
2: Oh, and there, there's this carving knife. And the gun, which
1: I have in my pocket. Well, it's, it's, it's really been quite a little adventure,
2: eh, Mansell? Oh, should <laughs> <good> say <laughs> so. You
1: know, I kept this uh, little record, something for the physician. Oh, no. Oh, please. Some mm-hmm. observations on Bihar, but I am recording the events of the past several hours in the hope that my observations may, in some measure, much for that sort of reporting. Oh, no, 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 no. I think you did splendidly. Splendidly. I wonder who else may read these notes of yours.
2: Look. Hmm? His eyes are open.
1: I never realized. Madmen really do roll their eyes. (laughs) Ugly beggar, isn't he? Yes, I
2: must say.
1: Uh, But uh, about your report, this, this stuff about Germany, did he really say this? Mm-hmm.
2: I I wish he'd oh, yes. close his eyes. He, he's trying to say but, something. But about
1: Germany, I mean, how could anyone say what... Well, what was it? Uh, when one comes to think of Germany and the fate of Germany, etc., 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 that posh, that argle-bargle about the Cologne Autobahn. Oh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, rather. Any <laughs> fool can say... The man is dreadfully confused and misinformed about the organization of the National Socialist Party. Oh, you mean the Nazis? The fact is, the organization of the party was divided into 26 garn or districts which did not in themselves form the various provinces of the german Reich: East Prussia, Greater Berlin, Brandenburg, East March, Pomerania, Silesia, Magdeburg-Anhalt, Heiland-Mersburg, Tlinger, Schleswig-Holstein, Weser M. John, he's got the knife. Get back. Get back. 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 Neil, Neil, help us. No, i not try to get oh, back to
2: the knife. Oh. Doesn't this interest you, No, No. What I was saying. No. No.
1: Bertenberg, Hornsolen, no. Baden, Hamburger. Ah. Lindbergh, Lubeck. Tell me, my good curate, just there on the floor, does this interest you? division of Bavaria is even more fascinating, you know. Bavaria was divided into nine gowns. Shrapia, Upper Palatinate, Upper Franconia, mid-
0: Next week, the story of how perhaps the smallest of items can be the cause of unbelievable terror and hardship. In this case, the lack of a little loose change. We call it chicken feed. That's next week on Suspense. By Norman McDonald, with music composed by Lucian Morawick and conducted by Lud Gluskin. James Helvick's story, A Little Matter of Memory, was specially adapted for suspense by James Pohl. Featured in the cast were Edgar Barrier, Joseph Kearns, and Richard Peel. Follow the serial adventures of Mr. Keene, Evening Times, on the CBS Radio Network.